Welcome back to The Current, y'all. I'm your host, Nadia Last, and today's episode is a deep dive into the generator archetype of human design. In human design, if you've been following along in my series with my collaborator, Sam Fotenhauer, human design has five different energetic archetypes, and generators make up 37% of the planet, meaning there are a lot of you out there. Chances are, if you're listening to this right now, you're either a generator or you know a generator very closely in your life. And when you hear 37% of the population, you might think, oh my God, I'm not special. But that is far from the case because there's so many other layers to human design that will make you so nuanced and so unique. And one prime example of that is one of my closest friends, Mandy Ray, who we brought onto the show today to actually talk about her experience being a generator. Mandy, if we want to be meta for a moment, took the cover photo of my podcast Mandy brought life to my business at a time where I didn't even know what my business would be. I met her on a women's business retreat about a year ago. It was also a spirituality retreat, and it really kicked off so much of everything that is here. And Mandy has been with me every step of the way, and she is incredible. I get so much from her energy when she is buzzing with excitement, when she's living an aligned life. And she's brought so much joy and friendship to my life. So I'm excited to share her energy with you all today. And I'm just warm sitting here on my couch right now. I just finished editing this episode and it's a really special conversation. I'm excited to share the energy with you all today. Mandy was such a formative expander for me on my path. She showed me what it looked like to start your own business before I'd started my own practice. And I admire her a lot because she's built everything uh, from the ground up on her own. And she really has an incredible eye. Mandy is first and foremost an artist. And she learned to trust in her own artistic abilities from a young age without anybody necessarily modeling that for her in her life. And so I view her as an artist and also a pioneer. I think that she is just oozing with talent. (laughs) She is incredible. And she's unlike anybody that I've worked with in the photography space because she really sees you. And she's able to draw that out of you both in the photo shoot and also thereafter when you're crafting your brand and your narrative and your storytelling. So if you're interested in working with Mandy, this is like an unpaid sponsorship. I just want to say she is incredible. She's based in Seattle, Washington, beautiful Redmond, uh, Washington. And she also travels all over the world. And so she's done a lot of work in Mexico. I know that she's done work in other parts of the country and the globe as well. So if you're looking for somebody for whatever event, but she also does just phenomenal brand work and portrait work, you can find her work at Mandy, M-A-N-D-E-E, Ray, R-A-E dot com. And I'll include that in the show notes. So without further ado, I cannot wait to introduce you to the generator energetic archetype, what it means to be a generator in the world, and why we need so many more generators awake and aware of their purpose. Because you all are giving us so much life. You are truly powering up the planet when you are alive and excited about what you're doing. So we unpack all of that and more in this episode. Here we go. Welcome back to the Human Design podcast series that I am co-facilitating with my dear friend and collaborator, Sam Fotenhauer. Hello, Sam. 
Hey, Nadia. Today, we're going to be talking about the generator archetype in human design. It's an energy archetype that has a lot of facets to it. So we're going to spend a good amount of time sort of teaching and explaining what it means to be a generator. And we're so excited because we have our good friend, Mandy Ray on the podcast today, and she's a generator herself. So we'll be hearing from her experience. Mandy, hello. Hello. Thank you so much for having me on here. I'm honored. You're so welcome. Sam, who is Mandy? If you could do a little pithy introduction for her. Absolutely. So, you know, I met Mandy through Nadia. Um, and so Nadia, I'd love to hear how you met Mandy in a moment, but Mandy is an absolutely incredible photographer. Um, check out her Instagram page. Not only does she have like quite a following, but it just shows off all of her amazing work. I cannot wait for the moment, Mandy, I don't know if I've told you this. I have been scheming to have you, hopefully to have you, if you'd be willing to do photos for me for Wild River and to plan a whole like rebrand around it. It's something that I'm looking forward to and have been Nadia and I've been talking about for at least six months. And we like often come up with these like fun little personal retreats all around, just like getting to connect with you and your photos. Um, so we're, <laughs> I'm really excited for whenever that day comes. Mandy and oh, I live across the country from each other. She's in Seattle. I'm in Burlington, Vermont. Yes. But we're already manifesting it. It's going to happen. And I'm so excited. <laughs> it's going to be yes. amazing. And if you're not following Mandy, we would recommend checking her out. She's at Mandy, M-A-N-D-E-E, Ray, R-A-E. And Mandy, I do want to come back to the fact that you actually rebranded yourself um, <laughs> in middle school, which we'll talk about. Uh, Mandy Ray is the name that Mandy actually took in, in middle school. Was it middle school? Yeah. Yeah. So, so wild. Super cool. And fun fact, Mandy is the one that's taken all of the photos on my website, uh, my podcast cover photo, everything. Mandy basically created my brand. So it's really cool to have you here, Mandy, and to have you sharing your personal experiences. But the way that I met Mandy was a little over a year ago. I went to a women's retreat in uh, Washington state where Mandy is from. And I remember having this photographer here, Mandy, the whole time. And she asked such beautiful and penetrating questions. And then on one of the last days of the retreat, every woman who was there got their own photo shoot. And Mandy came with all of these incredible ideas and concepts. And I've had a decent amount of photos taken before, like awkward high school senior pictures and things like that. And every time I get my photo taken, it's like, you don't know what to do with your hands. I'm like, well, what do I do? I feel so awkward. And I felt so at ease with Mandy because every time as she was taking the photo, she was basically teasing my essence out of me, the energy out of me. She's like, move your hand this way, like do a few jumping jacks to move the energy a little bit. It was such an incredible and cathartic experience. And to see myself through her eyes was honestly, I have goosebumps thinking about it. I think that Mandy, if I could encapsulate your, your work, um, and I'd love to hear it in your words. Mandy is all about female empowerment. And so she loves photography, but she's also a huge advocate for women's health. And she has a lot of information about um, contraceptives and the IUD on her site. So there's a lot of a lot of facets to who you are. But Mandy, does that kind of encapsulate what you stand for in this season of life? Oh my gosh, I think you said it perfectly. I love your reflection on working with me. Um, yeah, empowerment, I think authenticity, bringing out the true person. It's not exactly about being just looking perfect. It's really about 
discovering who that person is and how to show that through photo form. Which is really epic for somebody who doesn't feel at home in their body. I feel like I came home to myself through the first photo session that Mandy did of me. I'm getting kind of emotional talking about it. (laughs) I'm getting goosebumps all over my body. And you really see it like Nadia's if anyone's listening, hasn't been in Nadia's Instagram, go to her Instagram or go to her website and look at these photos. They're They're incredible. And they're so powerful. And they're not just, they're powerful in the way that the shot is set and they're in these really beautiful landscapes, but it really does bring Nadia so much of you out in them. And you feel so comfortable and you're really feel so embodied in the photo. And that's the combination of both of you guys working together and the alchemy that you create in those sessions. It's pretty, it's really cool. Yeah. Mm, I love that alchemy, but Mandy has such a wide breadth of work that she does. She does these insane maternity photo shoots. She's been on retreat. She does editorial work. She actually, Mandy, if we're going to go there, let's go there. That (laughs) (laughs) she's, she was good friends with Katie Thurston, um, Mm -hmm. of the bachelorette. She was the bachelorette before she became the bachelorette and actually took these incredible, almost like Vogue looking editorial shoots of her fairly recently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's nice when you have a friend with connections. <laughs> so we were able to pull together my dream shoot, which was incredible, but yeah, Katie is amazing. Yeah. So now that we've plugged Mandy, Mandy <laughs> has a very unique sort of energy. Um, she's a generator, which we'll talk about today. This entire episode is about the generator archetype, but she's an incredibly porous and open generator, meaning that she only has two of the centers or the shapes on her chart that are defined, that she has consistent access to the energy that's inherent there. And then the rest of the centers or shapes she has open where she takes in a lot of energy from the world around her. So we'll get into that more, but Sam, what is a generator? Oh, we just, we love generators here. We're big, we're big generator fans over here. <laughs> so a generator, first off, a generator is, um, if, if you have a defined sacral, this is a shape in your chart, you're a de- generator. You don't need to know about that, but I just want to put that out there. A generator is the creator. They're the builders. They literally produce the life force energy of the planet. And they are here to pour themselves into activities, projects, um, opportunities, anything that bring them a level of satisfaction in doing that, they generate so much energy, energy inside of their body that it spills out and everyone else gets to borrow it. If you don't, you can kind of think back in your life when you've been around somebody who's really enthusiastic about what they're doing. Maybe they're actually excited. They're smiling a lot. They're kind of buzzing, or maybe there's a groundedness and a calmness to them, but you can just feel their enthusiasm and you can feel their kind of commitment and their love of what they do. And you walk away from that conversation feeling energized, feeling enthusiastic in yourself, interested in whatever they're talking about, not because of the subject matter necessarily, but because of the energy they bring to that. That's kind of quintessential quintessential generator behavior. That's the way the generator operates and moves in the world. Generators are about 37% of the population. And just hearing that stat alone, I work with a lot of generators who are like, oh, like I'm not special. And we want to debunk that myth right away. 
just because you are part of the 37% of the population, that's just one of the facets of your energy. And generators, Sam, you say this all the time, and I think it's so true that generators are so important. We need that much generator energy on the planet because we need to power up everything that we're doing, building and creating. Generators are here to build. They are here to create. They are here to find work that is deeply fulfilling and satisfying to them. And it basically, the generator superpower is that when a generator is doing something that feels really deeply satisfying, they receive more energy doing it. There's this, it's kind of a technical point, but, um, you know, when I, when I, I would hear this and I'd be like, okay, but what does that actually mean? And, uh, one part of this, the reason why generators are able to like fill up everybody else. And we literally mean that is because that center I was referring to, it's called the sacral. Again, if you don't know what centers are, it's not important for this episode, but they're the shapes in your um, chart. If you've ever pulled up your chart and anybody who has, it's a second kind of square from the bottom, it's called the sacral. And it's where all this energy to create and to do is produced in projectors, manifestors, and reflectors do not have this colored in. And so they don't have consistent access to this really powerful motor. That's like the engine. And it provides kind of consistent energy, like get up, like, um, let's keep going. I can keep working. I can keep creating energy. So they will literally need generators to produce it because then any place you're open where you're not colored in, you borrow other people's energy and you amplify it. So the projectors, the manifestors and the reflectors out there, when they're around generators who are, who are lit up, who are sparkly, or they're doing work that they're, that satisfies them, they borrow that extra sacral energy and it's what powers them. So when we say you power the world, we mean that literally, like you are almost like the fuel in the tank um, for 30% of the population. But I think that if you're listening as a generator and you're like, where do I even access this buzzing energy? The first thing we want to tell you is that it's actually in your gut, like physically that part of your body, it's sexual energy as well, but it's literally, if you can kind of like scan your body and feel your gut, that is where you'll feel this energy when you're really excited about it. But if you're listening and you're a generator and you're like, I don't know if I've ever felt that before, never fear. Sam, what do you say to some, a generator who is like, oh, I don't know. I, I don't feel really energized or lit up about anything right now. You know, I, there's a lot of things and I would say you're not alone. Um, a lot of generators feel like that, but I would say, first off, if you want to try to think about that, think a little bit broadly. A lot of people first think about their career. And I would say, think of the last time a friend texted you to do something that you were immediately excited about. Maybe they're like, do you want to go on this awesome trip or this concert? Think about when you're walking by and you saw a bakery or a clothing shop and you saw something in the window and you had this immediate, like, I want to go learn about that. I'm interested in that. Or, or waitress told you a special in the way that you heard her describe it. You're like, yeah, I'm I'm going to get that. I don't even know what that is. And I'm going to get that. Um, so you can think broadly about it. The other way to think about it is go back to when you're a kid and you had these different options at recess or different um, projects that were given in your art class, or you were got to go to a bookstore and pick out things that you want. Do you remember this feeling in your body? Because that's really what we're talking about. This is the sparkly energy. It comes from saying yes to things in your life that give you a feeling of being lit up. That's one of them, but it doesn't have to be. It could be a feeling of a knowing, a magnetic pull. 
uh, like body contentment, but it's a body reaction. And the last thing, Nadia, I would tell them and Mandy, and I can't wait to get your thoughts on this is if you're not feeling it, then it could be that you are experiencing it, but you're not connected to your body right now. Maybe you're like, I'm satisfied in my life. I feel really good, but I don't really know how to feel it. And for that, I would say, um, connect with earth ground, maybe, um, do it, like spend some time dancing or moving or anything to get into your body. And then next time you're presented with something that you like are excited about, take a few deep breaths and see if you can feel it anywhere. Mandy, what's a time that you can remember recently or really far back into childhood where you either felt this like buzzing, sparkly energy, or after you did something, you were really satisfied or proud of what you did, like a job well done. Mm. I almost every photo shoot I do (laughs) when it's a client that I feel very seen by and it's a easy interaction. Whenever I finish those photo shoots, I have an overly extreme buzzing feeling. And it's actually, I've had to learn to get comfortable with that because it's such an excitement. And Sam, you mentioned this about being an MG once, but you have to like go running to like burn off that energy. And that's what it feels like. You kind of have so much energy. It's a little, like it can be buzzy, almost like you drink a lot of caffeine, but instead it's you're excited off life. (laughs) Oh my God. And I have to say the last photo shoot that I did one-on-one with Mandy, I'm a projector and non-energy type. So I I borrow and amplify it. But after the shoot, I was like exhausted. And Mandy was like, let's go, like, let's do all these things. And it's just so funny to experience it firsthand. Like you really did sort of fill up your tank beyond photography, which feels like this present moment in life. Are there things that you remember doing as a kid that were just like, you lost track of space and time when you were doing it? As soon as you asked, I'm like summer camp. I loved summer camp as a kid and just being in nature and being around other humans that brought me buzzing. I was so excited every year at the beginning of summer to get a go away and go to camp. That just brought back a memory for me, which I'd kind of forgotten. I was thinking like, what would that be for me? When I was, I loved to scuba dive now. When I was a kid, I loved to snorkel. And my parents tell these stories of me being like six, like really young and snorkeling um, somewhere on like beach vacations and never wanting to come in and spending like hours out there. And my dad would be like, it's time to go in. And I'd be like, just send out another adult, like send out somebody else so I can stay out here. And it would be, I don't, I mean, I was six, I don't remember, but what felt, what I, what is described to me as just hours, like you would go in the pool and you would stay in there for like six, seven, eight hours or in the ocean or wherever. I can relate to that so much. I was called a water baby. So yes, Sam. (laughs) You know, before we kind of move on, I just want to put a little bit of human design language to this. Um, for, for a few reasons. One, like, yes, this episode's for everybody, but for anybody who is studying human design or wants to study human design, you want to make sure that you have the information available so you could look it up yourself. So what we're talking about right now is um, what we call the strategy in human design. So in human design, for each type, there's five types. We'll have an episode on each one. 
to the strategy to live in alignment for that type is specific. So for a generator, it's the same strategy for a manifesting generator. We haven't addressed this yet, but um, manifesting generators and generators are very similar. So MGs out there, you can listen to this episode too, and you'll get something from it, but we'll have a special one for you. But the strategy for a generator is to respond. This means that to be able to get access to this powerful, sparkly, self-sustaining, enthusiastic energy that we're talking about, you have to wait to get a body response. In human design, we call it a sacral response, that gut, sacral, womb space. Um, Sometimes people feel it in their chest, but it's a physical reaction. And the idea is if you wait until something comes in your field, whether it's an invitation, it's a, it's a, a window shopping, it's something sometimes I get it in an email and I'll like like even a random newsletter and I'll give me something to respond to something for my body to react to but you have to wait until you have that and then wait until you have a positive body reaction before you commit your time because generators have a lot of energy but they don't have energy for everything and so if you commit your time to things that aren't actually that body, yes, no matter how strategic it is, no matter how much you think you should want it, no matter how much it fits the paper of everything that you would like, you won't ha- that you won't be able to access that big store of energy and you'll fall into what we call in human design frustration, which is your not self. And we can get to that in a minute. Maybe we should get to it now though, Sam. I'm like, yes, keep going. But just to define, basically your strategy is how your energy is meant to interact with the world around you. So if you are a generator, you are meant to respond. And if you have nothing to respond to, my invitation is go out in the world, go and drop into your body, be really connected with your body. And just everything that you interact with is an opportunity to respond. Let's say you've heard from three people over the past week about a documentary, a random documentary, and there's something that kind of like lit up in your body each time, like it piqued your interest. You're responding to that. Sam, do you have something to add? I do. Well, I actually have a question for Mandy. Mandy, have you ever had a moment or had a season of your life where you felt kind of dull and like you weren't sure how to direct your time? Oh, absolutely. Um, I've been a photographer almost it feels like 12 years now. So there's been moments in there that get stale and yeah, it's a feeling of you're stale. (laughs) There's like no movement. How did you create, like, how, how did things to respond to start coming in? Like, do you recall any specifics? Um, And I can give you some ideas of things to respond to, because it can be hard to remember sometimes. I think without knowing what I was doing, I learned getting into my body actually. So what you said, um, I got really into doing headstands and handstands and it just put me into my body and, and it, it almost created a trust between me and my body because I'm holding myself up in a completely different way. And so when I started getting more into my physical body, I think that's actually when I was able to pull myself out of whatever rut I was in. Cause your mind can do a lot of that. That's incredible. That's, I mean, it's incredible for a lot of reasons. One, because our, our body just has so much wisdom. But two, it's our body that's responding. It's our body that's responding to things going on. So if you're looking at your life and you're like, I don't know, I don't know if I'm getting things to respond to. One thing is maybe you, maybe you are, but you don't realize it because you're in your head and you're not in your body. There's other ideas too, though. Nadia, do you have any suggestions for people who don't have things to respond to? 
Well, I just have this visual of Mandy because I've been in her space before and she has this big giant trampoline in her backyard and she's often jumping on her trampoline. And it's like, not like a little mini rebounder, which are really trendy in workouts. Not like, it's like a big full-size trampoline (laughs) that you had in your backyard when you were a kid. And I'm curious if that has a similar effect for you, Mandy, of just kind of like shaking it out, getting into your body. Oh, completely. I get so in my head and it, I mean, as we know, as a generator, my gut is everything. And so when I lose that and I get into my mind, I really do feel like either going on the trampoline or going on a walk or just getting again in the body and relearning that trust within myself is the only way I can access that. There's one thing that wants that I kind of want to add in here as well is that I've noticed, and of course, human design is not a medical system. It's just one lens of viewing your energy. But I have noticed a common denominator in readings that I have with generators. If they have not been listening to their gut for a long time, they usually suffer from gut issues, like literally intestinal issues. And it blows my mind because I feel like, you know, so much of medicine is catching up to like our microbiome and, and our gut health is everything. Like so much starts and ends in the gut. And we don't know so much about the gut still, but it's really wild to me that our gut can sometimes even revolt if we're not listening to them for a while. I am over here, like so excited because yes, Nadia, I've had that exact experience. So in college I started having gut issues and I started after I graduated, I started really actually, no, this is around my third year of law school, got into, um, kind of like wellness food stuff. That was actually my, one of my pathway into spirituality and spirituality accounts that ended up introducing me to human design. I started eating dairy-free and gluten-free and yes, that helped a ton, but it didn't go away. I remember when I was practicing at the law firm, I was like, I'm eating everything perfectly. And somehow my stomach is still like so bloated and it hurts and there's so much pressure. And since I have left that and I've really like commit my time to things that I, I like doing and bring me a lot of satisfaction, I don't have any gut issues or I have very minor ones. And I can have, I used to have like a slice of cheese and it would, it would be upsetting. And now I can literally have like a last week, I think I had a half cup of sour cream every single day. Cause I had this Costco size thing. And that is so much sour cream, Sam. <laughs> it was a lot. And we're putting it away for now. <laughs> and I was fine. Like I'm fine. Like I, and I think I healed it from also all this energy work and processing trauma. Like, I don't think it's just this, but yes, I think you hit on something, Nadia. Mandy, what does that bring up for you? Have you ever had gut issues or like been out of touch with your gut or felt like your gut was like trying to communicate to you? And then it just was like revolting, man, mind blown. I'm just like, oh, that's why I had so many stomach issues as a kid. So many stomach issues as a kid. I always, as soon as I ate food, my stomach got upset. I got nauseous. So then I'd actually stop eating because I was trying to like get that away. But yeah, I, and similar, even nowadays, if I'm, I, there's even been some shoots that feel a little ucky beforehand and I get nervous and my stomach is in knots and it, I can completely relate to this. Yeah. So I would actually wager, and I'm curious if, if maybe it doesn't resonate that this could also, I would say something similar to non-sacrals who are over-relying on their sacral. So people who are non-sacrals, because with every center, even if you're defined or, or undefined, if you're using it in a way that doesn't honor that processing, it can go out of whack. Mm. 
So I, for any non, so at any projectors, manifestors and reflectors out there, um, I'm curious if you spend a lot of time where you're really forcing yourself to work really long hours and to kind of stay in this like creation and work and output mode for really long periods of time, if you experience stomach issues then too. So wild. I'm just like, yeah, it's such a mind blowing thing. And, um, the gut, there's so much information that's available for generators and manifesting generators in your gut. So, all right, let's talk about the not self theme, Sam. I, I don't, oh, you have another yet. point. I have another point. <laughs> Her gut was like, nope. <laughs> I, I, I wanted to, so this is something that has been really interesting to watch in my life. It's probably my greatest human design experiment. And the thing that's like really allowed me to double down. And that is, there's this idea that I'd heard in human design that, um, if, if you're having a hard time responding, if you're, if you're connected to your body, but you're like, there is nothing coming in, you need to create space. So if, if maybe you're happy at work, but you're really unsatisfied in your friend group and you're really bored and you're not being lit up by the activities, it's really easy to want to raise, to keep saying yes to the friend group every week. Cause you're afraid if you say no, you won't have any plans. And that sounds worse. And human design will tell us you need to make up space to have the universe to send you more things to respond to. If you're committing all your energy, there's no room for anything else to come in. And there are small ways to experiment with that. Like the friend group example, my invitation for you is experiment with creating room. Even if it's scary, take whatever risk that you can, that feels safe enough to you, wherever you are and see if things come in to fill it. Because if you try to wait until you have something good to respond to, you might be waiting forever. I feel like generators cultivating the sacred. No is so important learning okay, I have something in front of me. It feels okay, but it doesn't feel like this full body yes for me, but I'm terrified if I say no to this thing that something else won't come along. Yes. I'm curious, Mandy, if you felt like that a little bit with some shoots, especially earlier on in your photography career, where it's like, I have this opportunity. Something feels, I think you use the word ucky, which feels like such a body-based, you know, like ickiness that you can feel. And I'm curious if there was a part of you, like your mind came in that was like, we have to do this. Like it's good money. Like what's wrong with you? And yet your gut was telling you, like, we kind of want to say no. Oh, absolutely. I just actually had that experience a few days ago, sending an email and there's a part of me that feels ucky inside, but my mind was like, we're almost 30 years old. I can absolutely do this. Why wouldn't I be able to do this? But I, there is something to be said about why my energy is telling me no. Um, but yeah, of course my mind comes in and logically I'm, I'm a professional. I've been doing this for long enough. I can do it. I could, I could be good for the project, but I don't know if I'm like the one. Right. I think there's something very mystical about generators and their gut. I feel as though our soul sort of like codes our life path and our soul contract into our guts. And I'm saying are, as if I'm a generator, I'm not into generators guts. If you're a generator and your mind doesn't have the same information that your gut has. And so I feel as though there's something so mystical in connecting with your body and your gut in leading you into things that your mind would be like, oh, of course you should take this photography project, but your gut's like, no, no, no. Like this is off the beaten path. Like this isn't, if you say yes to this project, you won't be open in a few weeks to some amazing thing that's going to come down the line. And then it's going to open you up to like, 
it completely takes you down a different path. And so for generators who are listening to this that are engaged in work or relationships or opportunities or eating patterns that don't feel good, it's likely that the universe is just saying like, no, 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 you don't have the energy for this. You're off on some side street, turn your car around, go back to the main road and just make the next choice from what feels expanded in your body. And I'm curious if we can, oh man, do you have an example to share? Yeah. uh, The most prominent story that comes up in my mind is a relationship. Um, I was in a relationship back in 2018, two and a half years, long distance, love of my life. And the way we'd met has just, it was all so picture perfect. We met when we were 17 at a summer camp and then rekindled our love at 24. And then I lived in Mexico for two and a half years, almost back and forth. And two months before making the jump to actually move there. We had our place together and everything. My body started to feel that uckiness. And I was so confused and so lost because logically on paper, our relationship was absolutely perfect. And I could, there was no explanation. I actually internalized it in my mind saying, I must not want to be loved. I must not like, there's a reason I'm distancing myself. And now I've been able to step away four years later and realize, no, my body and intuition was telling me it was not my time to move there. I was going to be giving up a lot of my career and my life and everything I had put together to go there. And it was the hardest decision I've ever made. And again, there was no logical to it. There was, in my mind was like, what are you doing? And even after I broke off, broke it off, for two years, my mind kept coming in and wondering like, what did we do? What do we do? And now I know four years, I can distance myself from it. And I wouldn't be sitting on this podcast with you. If I had continued to stay in Mexico, I would never have gone to women's retreats and I would not be on the self-growth journey I am on today had I decided to stay there. And so it's just that it's that gut. And I think that's one thing I want to bring up is sometimes it's a feeling we actually don't want to feel in our gut as well. Like maybe our mind wants something else, but in our body, we know, and there's that trust that we have to learn to, um, listen to. That's so beautiful, Mandy. And so hard. And I think it brings up a really important point where it's not always easy. I think when we give like a quick sort of like hot tips about generators, it's like, just do what you love and like follow what feels good. And in reality, your choices have consequences and they impact people and we're conditioned in so many different ways. So thank you for bringing that in. And I'm also just so proud of Mandy four years ago that had the bravery to say, you know, like I'm connecting to this feeling and I'm not going to ignore it. Sam, I'm curious if we could talk a little bit about what this sort of buzzing energy could feel like, because I don't have it within my body. And I think that there are so many different ways that people feel it. So I'll, I'll start us off. And Mandy, I want to hear from your experience as well. I hear people say that it's kind of like, sometimes it can feel like this, ooh, 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 like excited energy. It can also feel like an expansion of your chest. Like it's almost like you're moving toward whatever is being presented to you. What are some other ways that people could identify this potentially in their bodies? Yeah. So it can look like, um, it can look like you're vibrating, like that can feel like it. It can look like you're vibrating. It can be very audio, like audible. Um, I gasp sometimes when I see something I want and my partner's always like, like think something's wrong. So I'm like, and I just, I'm so excited by something I saw in the, in the grocery aisle. (laughs) I'm just shook by it. (laughs) 
I want that thing. Um, and, but it doesn't have to, and this is something, a point I really wanted to make on this episode today. I think it's beautiful and amazing when people feel lit up in their bodies the whole time. But I've spoken with a lot of generators who say, um, when I get, sometimes I'm so excited and that's actually a sign that I'm not grounded, that I, it should feel, and it's like a, even the mind is getting in the body and then I run with it. Or um, for those of us generators who have an emotional authority um, where we haven't talked about authorities yet, but for half of the population and probably about half of generators, you need to wait before you act on that impulse. And so that impulse will change over time. How it feels in your body might change. You might get this initial excitement. And for those with emotional authorities, you can't act on it right away. You're not really not supposed to. You're supposed to wait, ideally sleep on it, sometimes days, weeks, or even months. And so what does that kind of enduring sacral feeling feel like? Yes, it can feel body excitement, but it can also feel like a pull. I've heard some people just say it's this like strong knowing and this whole body groundedness and this assuredness. It can feel like a magnet. For me, I have some sessions that I get off of or some parts of my workday where I do feel super excited. Other ones I don't, but I loved what I was doing, but I'm tired from it. I, I used up all of my energy in it. And, it. and that to me gives this level of satisfaction. Because remember what we're going for in human is, I don't know if we've defined this yet or said the word, but it's quote satisfaction. That's why we keep using that word. It's called your signature. And it's a signpost that you're on the right, on the right path as a generator. And um, it kind of sometimes feels like how I feel after I clean the fridge, if I really wanted to, or like clean something dirty, where it's like, I didn't, this wasn't the most lit up thing. It's not the same thing as when I go to a Watcher Panic concert, but I feel this deep level of satisfaction with it. So my sacral actually looks different at a music festival. My sacral is going to be lit up in a different way than if I spent all day doing yard work that feels really nourishing and complete for me. Mandy, have you noticed that difference where it's like some, some like lit upness, it's like it, it regenerates itself in such a buzzy way. And then sometimes you're doing things and it's just like, I like, I kind of like the prospect of rolling up my sleeves. I actually can think of some examples of projects that you might've done around the house that felt like this. Oh, exactly. I think Sam, that was such a perfect example. Cause yes, I can walk away from a really incredible project and be buzzy, but I love doing dishes <laughs> and I don't, I don't get buzzy about it. I will try not to do it all the way until, you know, nighttime, but afterwards it is, it's such a satisfaction. And so I really love that comparison because there is like a super buzzy for some things. And then there is just that overall satisfaction. I think that is a perfect way of describing that. Amazing. Sam, can we now get into the not self theme? We may. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. And I can feel both of your buzzing, which is so fun. I feel like I'm like powered up right now. It's like in Space Jam where they put their hand on the basketball and they have superpowers. Anyway, okay, so let's get into the not self theme. In human design literature, the not self is basically your guidepost from the universe that you were off track. So again, the signature, what we were talking about, satisfaction, is the guidepost from the universe that you are where you need to be. You can sort of rest assured that in this season of life, you're doing work that is aligned with your generator aura. You're not self-theme in human design, and there's a different one for each of the energy types, is your guidepost that something's off, something is not right. And the guidepost for being a generator is frustration. 
it's sort of this feeling, and I want to hear from both of you about how frustration feels like, but the way that I describe it to people is that it's almost like you're trying to get through a door that won't open. And you're trying to start your car, put the key in the ignition and the car just won't start. And it's this feeling of like, God damn it. Like the energy was just there. Like I just had gas in my tank. Why won't my car start? Why can't I just get through this project? Why can't I just muscle my way through whatever it is that I'm working on? And it can probably be a little bit disorienting when you just had energy to do dishes and then you switch gears to another project. And it's like, it's not there anymore. Or a project that you've done for many years that has felt very satisfying. And then all of a sudden, no one's home. No lights are on in the house. Love to hear from you two about your experience with, with frustration. Ooh, with frustration, honestly, the first thing that comes up for me as you're saying all that is substance abuse. And I have struggled with that, especially with cannabis. And I have learned that it's anytime I feel off or I'm getting frustrated and I want to just numb that so that I'm not feeling that way. I go towards that and I've actually been working on that and I haven't smoked for the last two weeks. So we're working on it, but, um, I think that can be related to alcohol and all sorts of different substances. Um, when anybody is feeling frustrated or off, mm-hmm. that's definitely, I really like this because this kind of segues and I'll return to my thoughts on frustration in a moment, but one of the ways to avoid frustration that I like to tell clients is, um, find a way to make it fun. Like sometimes we have to do things that are difficult for us. We have a part of our jobs and we love our jobs, but there's a part of it we don't like, or we don't love our jobs, but we're just not in a position to change that right at this moment. So I'm like, I need a way to get through this. What I like to tell people is like, look, put on a podcast and make it fun. Um, go your, go get yourself a really fun matcha, like have a great snack, break it up, like do anything because you just want to get through it and feed the joy. However, that can get easily mixed up with, okay, well maybe I'll make this fun by having a drink or something I like to do is like, I'll make this fun, especially like boring tasks that I don't not like work tasks, like by putting on um, Grey's Anatomy or some random Netflix show while I clean. The problem is I can get into the habit of it. And then it's like, I end up not being present with my actual buzziness or even just present in my life because of this like habit of wanting to numb out the frustration. I can even relate to that as a projector, just as a side note, like, like it's not pushing through what doesn't feel empowering. It's like, um, not having the energy and pushing through the need to rest as a projector. And I took stimulants and, and had coffee for a lot of times. And I've actually worked with a lot of generators and manifesting generators who also took stimulants, but it's just because the energy was no longer there and they just wanted to push through it. Like they just wanted to synthetically go over the hump and kind of ignore their body's natural signal that was telling them like, Hey, you're going down the wrong road. Um, When I was in law school, I I started taking, um, I was prescribed Adderall when I was studying for the LSAT. I actually remember saying, I, I feel like I should have the energy to focus for this, but I just can't seem to focus. There must be something wrong with my brain. Um, not that you're so bored. So this feels so hard for you. So I started taking Adderall. I always took a, a pretty low 
or very low dosage. But what I would do in law school is I would set my alarm for an hour before I wanted to wake up and I would wake up and I would take my Adderall and then go back to sleep and I'd wake up naturally. And so I was kind of controlling all parts. And then at the end of the night, I often couldn't sleep. So then I would take CBD or melatonin or something, um, smoke weed. And so it was basically fully controlling when my body wanted to wake up, when it wanted to go to sleep. And I just wasn't online to my body at all. And it never occurred to me really that like something might not be right here. Um, it just felt like this is, this is what you need to do to be able to be successful. And now I think it's ridiculous because I have a lot of energy to put to the things I love. Like that was such a sign that this wasn't in alignment. I didn't know about human design then though. I wouldn't have listened had I known, but I, I didn't even have a choice. Sam, we've never talked about this, but I think I, I was actually prescribed Adderall because I took Bielsa in college as well. Talk about being conditioned. I was like, I have no idea what I want to do with my life. And so many people in my life were like, just become a lawyer. And I was like, okay, but it was so not correct. Um, but yeah, it's just such an interesting thing to manufacture, like when you're awake and when you're asleep. And I'm curious if we could talk about the generator sleep strategy, because I think this goes along with, it's like a natural segue to what you're talking about generators are basically not supposed to get into bed until they have exhausted their entire store of energy, which can feel intimidating sometimes for people who are like, I have so much energy. Like, how can I not get into bed until I'm, I'm ready to basically just like hit your head on the pillow and fall asleep almost instantaneously. But what your sleep is showing you as a generator, if you're able to fall asleep, it's a sign that you used your energy, your tank of gas doing the things that felt deeply satisfying. And if you're a generator and you're really struggling to go to sleep and you're tossing and turning, it's your sign that even if you work that day, it didn't bring you that sense of fulfillment and satisfaction. Mandy, what's been your journey around sleep as a generator? I am one of the lucky ones because I have been doing what I love for a very long time. And so I have a partner who would agree. I like fall asleep as soon as my pillow, my head hits a pillow. Um, so my experience is, yeah, I get a sleep very easily when I am satisfied and it's quite often. Um, but I can relate when, especially if, um, there's just a lot going on with work and trying to get things done and obviously unable to go to bed because there's all these things going on in the mind and I didn't get it done, especially if I didn't get it done. Um, the guilt that comes in and then it's just, it's kind of over with. <laughs> what about, so another part of a generator kind of lifestyle is, um, exercise. A lot of generators, because they have so much energy will feel like they need to do some sort of exercise, um, to be able to manage it. Is that something that you relate to or resonate with? I do. I feel I'm learning it because I've always learned to exercise in the morning and that is not my thing. I have so much energy when I wake up in the morning. I don't want to exercise. I'd rather sit and do a tea ceremony. I'd rather exercise later. And I've learned that. And so a while back, I'd probably tell you no to exercise, but it was just, it wasn't working right for my body and the timing at night though, headstands, handstands, dancing is the way I love to like finish up and wrap up the night. Sounds incredible, honestly. And last time I saw Mandy, we did handstands together. And I was like, this is such a beautiful way to like shift your perspective. And it's really good for the blood circulation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing. I'm curious if I can hear from both of you though, about your experiences with frustration, like feeling really frustrated that you can't finish a project or something that you know on paper is supposed to be um, what you should be doing, how that feels in your body. 
Yeah, I'll I'll elaborate this more on this in the MG episode. Um, because so manifesting generators for anyone listening who's an MG manifesting generators and generators both have the same aura. They both have a warm and enveloping aura and their strategy for being in alignment with that aura responding is the same, same with frustration, same with signature. So there's going to be a lot of crossover here. Um, but I would say the main thing is I get really, I, I just going to use the word. I get really frustrated. I feel like I'm moving through mud and it also gets disappointing for me because I want to be able to do this thing. And then it creates all these different cycles where I'm like, now I'm procrastinating. I just need to make myself do it. I need to use my willpower and determination just to push through this. I have a defined heart. This can give me some extra energy for this, but it's not really healthy for me to be relying on that all the time. And I will get, I can always tell when I'm in that space because at the end of the night, I have all of a sudden this big burst of energy. Mandy, how about you? Can you remember a time recently that you felt just frustrated? I think it's awesome that you have to think this long, honestly. I feel like it's a (laughs) sign that you're really in alignment and you get to choose each day, especially at being your own business owner. Um, Does that resonate with you? Yeah, I think honestly, I'm like, the last time I felt frustrated, the relationship I'm in right now, (laughs) which Mm. I'm like, that's a sign. So um, that was my answer. (laughs) And that's real. It doesn't have to just be around work things. It's around everything in your life. Frustration is your sign. And rather than pushing through the frustration, through stimulants, through cannabis, through whatever it is, take it as a signal from your car. It's a signal like pull over, pop open your trunk, see what's not correct for you. What's out of alignment for you. And I also want to say that frustration doesn't necessarily mean quit the job, leave the relationship, like whatever it is, it can, it can mean that you'll, you're the only one that can know, but I also would invite you to look at that thing. That's frustrating. And do we have to do that thing? Uh, one way there's a lot of frustration in my relationship was the division of duties. And it's like, well, maybe I hate taking out the trash. I hate it. And I, I won't do it. And it's so frustrating. And my partner, it's like so easy for where he really hates grocery shopping. I can, he gets overwhelmed in that space and I love it. How can we make it? So it's like, this feels much more natural and easy for me. Or can I talk to my boss about getting new work? Like, can I, is there a way that can be moved around this, um, that would actually remove this frustration and be able to just like expand the parts that we like, or is it so out of alignment that there's really nothing you could do to, um, to make this not feel frustrating. I've heard generators talk about kind of hacking it where they have a list of things to do. And the like common productivity hit uh, tip is like in the morning, do the thing that you hate the most and then spend your afternoon doing what you love. But I've heard a lot of generators say, I do the thing, the three, the one, the three things that I love most. And I feel this buzzing that I can almost like hack my way into quickly doing the thing that I don't want to do. Does that spillover energy resonate with you too? Yes. I used to have such a problem with, um, especially since I've like been doing so much of my own things and I'll have work projects that I, maybe when I'm in them, they actually will bring me satisfaction, but I immediately have a lot of resistance to them. And the days when I'd be like, I just want to spend three hours starting with this project were the days that I would not do anything till four. I don't even know what I would be doing. I would just like waste my time 
And I wouldn't even be using it in a way that was fun in other ways, because I would always be like, I'm about to start, but I didn't want to do it so much. And I resisted it. And now I flip it. Now I'm like, some days, if I really feel like doing it, I'll start. But now I start with all the stuff that's fun. And it does do that, Nadia. It builds up my energy. And then it's like, okay, I'm feeling really buoyed. And so I can jump into this. I love that. I got to try that because I think I'm still learning. I definitely am still putting the things I don't like first in the mornings. So I would love to see how that helps me. And if I can actually hack that into the later afternoons, evenings. Which brings us to the point that human design is an experiment. You might've heard about this word, like the human design experiment. If you've learned about human design before, if you've been learning for some time, but the, the notion here is that all of the things that we're talking about, experiment with your own energy. Try one day to do the things that you hate first and then do the things that you love and test it out. And then the next day, do the opposite and just feel into what feels the best for you. And I have to say, there's still a part of me that is jealous of having a sacral motor because I think it's such a superpower that your body will speak loudly and in the moment. I either have energy to do this thing or I don't, I either have gas in the tank to go where I'm going. I just want to share this analogy that I share a lot with people with, with generators. It's like, you have two choices in this lifetime. You have this gas tank available to you. You're so lucky. You can either go somewhere that you really are kind of dreading going. And as you're driving there, it's like you either just get to that location and then you don't have any gas tank left to get back home or your car breaks down on the side of the road. So that's one option. You do have energy. You could go to that place that's there for you. Or you could do the unconventional thing, the thing that doesn't really make sense on paper, but you have all of this buzzing excitement. And as you drive your car to that destination, your car literally refuels itself. And then you not only have enough gas to get to that destination, but then you can go to like 10 other places. And it's like, it's easier said than done, of course, to take the path less traveled, but you have two option that, options in this lifetime. And I feel like generators are being called back online right now to just choose what fills you up. Mm, I love what you just said, Nadia. And I feel like one way to kind of synthesize generators, choose joy. Like generators are here to remind us to choose joy and the power of choosing joy. Like we're all going to die and our lives in 500 years will feel like this random thing that happened. I mean, think about what the 1500s were like, like we don't know anything about that. <laughs> and, or some people do, but most of us don't. And how can we make this time that we have here joyful? And, and even now, as Nadia has said, and as Mandy has said, easier said than done. Like it's pretty hard, especially if, to do this, you feel like you need to change a major part of your life and things can go wrong. Like there are things or you're taking risks and there are risks there that could be really scary, but you, you won't regret choosing joy. No. And one thing I also want to say about generators is that you don't need to chase after things. You are magnetic. You draw things to you. So attract and do not chase. And what we mean by that is the aura of the generator, as Sam actually alluded to before, is magnetic. And so if you are a generator listening and you are choosing what you love, it's actually the least selfish thing that you can do. It is selfless because as you choose what you love, 
you're charging up the energy around you and you're just drawing in opportunities, a conversation, you know, like I've talked to generators who do what they love. And then they go to the grocery store and they're like, there's something different. Like people are just striking up conversation with me. People are just like offering me things. And that's what happens when you're a generator doing what you love. It just, things come to you. And that is why your strategy in human design is to respond. You don't need to come up with and initiate anything. Things come to you, everything you're responding to, and you just get to choose moment by moment by dropping into your body. Amazing. I think that's my favorite thing you told me about being a generator. I was just like, I can just put things out and I'm going to generate the energy back. Are you kidding me? That's incredible. Yes, please. That's fun. It is fun. And, and I say is. is for me, cause even though I'm not a generator, I'm a manifesting generator. So it, I, I feel like I relate so much here and I do. Um, the one thing that you said in there, Nadia, that I would love to kind of add or key on to is absolutely yes. Initiating. We are not designed to initiate. That can be really hard to generators because there's a conditioning here of like, if you want it, you got to make it happen. And it's not that you are just waiting for life to come to you, but you, you are not here to come up with fully the idea totally within you and go like there needs to be some sort of seed planted from the outside. Even if it's like very minor, sometimes I get ideas because I see something that aren't even related. And that feels really true because I, I had the opportunity to see if my gut wanted to do it first. The other thing is you were talking about responding and one like practical way I just want to touch on is Nadia is so good at doing this because Nadia and I work together a lot. So she always gives me things to respond to. She'll constantly give me three ideas or she'll just maybe even for an, we'll do a podcast episode and she'll create an outline first and she'll give me something to react to. Oh, I like this. I don't like this. This is missing. Um, this is perfect. And one way to support generators in your life, if you're a manager, if you're a partner of a generator or a daughter, give them options. Do you want to work on, um, you know, this thing or this thing this week? Do you want to have Thai or French French. Yes. I am Mexican for dinner. Like here are some choices because uh, given a generator on their own, like, well, what do you want to do next? You c- it can feel like deer in headlights and then it can feel disempowering for the generator because they feel like they're supposed to have that answer and they don't know. Nadia changed my life with that by just asking me, she, I always acknowledge with clients that they would message me and say, I can do any day. And I was like, any day. What does that even mean? And I would, I would sometimes not respond to those text messages or emails. And I would behind on work and learning from Nadia, she would present me like, do you want to do it on this day at this time day at this time? And I would immediately respond and it felt so good and quick. And so yes, exactly. Options in all directions of life responding. options to respond to (laughs) options to respond to. And there's a joke that two generators in a relationship, they're like most common argument is what do you want for dinner? I don't know. What do you want? Because they both need things to respond to. So it's as simple as like, go give yourself things to respond to go onto a food app, get into a recipe book, like give yourself things to respond to. And I think there is a lot of shame that I want to put words to as well as a generator. I work with a lot of generators who are like, I don't know what my purpose is. What's wrong with me? Like, I don't know what it is yet. And I'm like, you won't know what it is until you see it, then you'll know. And if you have not gotten that full body response yet between Thai and Mexican or French food, it's likely none of those give yourself more options to respond to. And it will make 
your life so much easier and easeful when you just allow your purpose to unfold moment by moment. So by choosing Mexican food, you chose your gut in that it's a seemingly innocuous choice. You filled up your gut. You're more magnetic to then attract the job opportunity, to then attract the, the partner, to then attract the, the bigger pieces of the puzzle. It starts with seemingly tiny details each day. And that's how you practice. That's how you build up the trust to say, can I even trust this? I'm not sure if I'm, you know, can trust my gut to make a career decision or make a relationship or something really big. Can you trust it to be like, I don't know why, but I walked to the grocery store and I really wanted to buy cabbage. So I did. Sometimes that happens to me and I don't know. And sometimes I get home and I'm like, okay, I guess I'll make this. And sometimes <laughs> it's great. And sometimes it's like, fine. But it, um, it's a process of, well, certainly nothing bad happened and something, sometimes something really fun happened. Um, it's a process of allowing yourself and Nadia, I love, love your point about not knowing it. Part of generators is you have to let go of your plan, the five-year, 10-year plan, because you learn about yourself through following your sacral. You find things that you love by listening to your sacral. You wouldn't necessarily know until that happened until, I mean, God, I would never think, not never, but I would have just not suspected five, six, seven years ago that I would be so into this system that I never heard of. I heard it on a podcast, Human Design, and I was like, I have to keep learning more. And it kept filling me up. That's how you learn about yourself. So you can, you can make a five and 10 year plan, but you have to prioritize your sacral first because that your sacral doesn't care about that plan. It cares about what's in front of it in the moment. Mm, love that. I want to switch gears into asking Mandy some of the beautiful questions that we received about being a generator. But before that, I think the one point that we have not made is that generators and what differentiates them from manifesting generators is that generators are meant to work for sort of like long creative stretches and generators are more here to achieve mastery and they're here to be more singular not that they have to choose one thing forever but it's like the generator energy wants to be engaged in creative projects for long hours at a time so I think it's kind of rounding out, Sam, what you were saying about like, how can you support a generator? If you're working with a generator, can you give them deep work time, like three to six uninterrupted time, hours of time that they can really get into whatever it is that they're creating. And I've heard from generators that they, when they get into these creative stretches, it's almost like time stops existing. And that's, that's how they feel. I would say the same thing about manifesting generators. Um, even just thinking about the 2034 channel, which is all about like deep focus and singular focus. The difference I think is, is that a generator is more likely to spend longer time, even years or decades with more of a theme in their life. Um, now, MGs can switch, but me personally, I really, I don't really like to start most projects unless I have at least three hours because I think it's a, the part of the sacral. When the sacral gets buzzing and going, it loses track of time. Nadia has this example she always gives about like, but a generator will have one tab up and a manifesting generator will have a bunch of tabs. And I think of that as very me metaphorical for life. So Mandy loves photography and that is a huge passion. That's like a big main focus of her career where I would say a, a, a manifesting generator, an example could, of, could be like, they love photography, but they also are um, a Pilates instructor and they also do urban farming. 
and they do all three and they're all parts of their career or they love photography and they go all in for three years and then they kind of are like okay I'm, I'm kind of done with this as my main focus and now I'm gonna switch to being a scuba diving master and so you see that sort of like multiple tabs but the time span of it can be really different per person love it are there any other things that we want to say that you can do to support a generator have we touched on most of them Cool. All right. Let's switch gears then. Mandy, I have a question for you. What is your favorite part about being a generator? I think my favorite part is that permission I feel you gave me. And when I learned this about human design is I generate, like I, as long as I put it out, it, it will come back. I will receive from it. And so that just has given me permission to continue to produce the work I love and want to show off. And I can just trust that it will come back to me. A boomerang, (laughs) as you've said. I love the boomerang. Sam, what questions do you have for Mandy? What was hard for you to hear about being a generator when you first learned about it? Um, Funny enough, I think one hearing the 37%, I was like, no, I want to be the 9% of what the manifestors or reflectors, I forget (laughs) Um, that. So, but I love how you bring that in that we need many of our motors going to create these things because it's a, we have a huge world out here. So um, honestly, I really don't have anything that I disliked about being a generator. I just feel like I took what served. I received and I was able to apply towards my life and whatever I don't want to apply towards my life that doesn't work for me. I don't have to. Yes. And that's true with anything in human design. You get to choose, like you don't have to, you get to decide whether this applies to you get to decide how you want to experiment, how big of a life there is no rules here. Mandy, what was a recent example of a time that you trusted your gut in a moment that it really didn't make any logical sense? This was, this is a really great way. I feel to like build up your trust within yourself. Um, the area in which I live is growing a lot, lots of construction and I had to get to the other side of town, but there was a ton of traffic on the main road and just something, I can't tell you what it was. My intuition, my gut, like told me to take this left and I had never taken this road before. And I just, in my head was like, this will for sure lead to the back of this building where I want to be. And I took that left and I took this road, had never been on it and was just the ending, um, came out to be that building. And I just remember when I thought about Nadia, I was like, I can't, I listened to my intuition on purpose just to see if I, there was no risk. If anything, I was going to have to turn around and go back, but it was so fun to just try it and see if I was right. And then to be right. I was like, no way this feels magical. And then you build that trust up with yourself and you continue to do that. That's so epic. And for those listening, Mandy has two centers in her chart defined. So it's her sacral, this gut-based motor that we've been spending most of this episode talking about. And she has her spleen defined and the spleen is responsible for intuitive energy. So she has these two energies connected. And so it's like trusting her gut and also trusting the quiet whispers of her intuition. And that's such a cool low stakes example. Mandy, is there, are there any examples you can share from your life where the stakes were much higher? I know you shared the example about leaving Mexico, despite being in that relationship that felt really good, but is there anything else that felt very synchronistic in the rear view mirror? Uh, the next biggest story for me is, um, I mean, kind of how I met you and choosing to go to this adult summer camp instead of choosing to 
go to my stepsister's bachelorette party, which I had agreed to. I had paid all my dues and I was ready to go. And then I just found that this camp was at the same time and it was a full body. Oh my God. I am, my magnet is pulling me towards this adult summer camp. I have to go, but I promised my family that I was going to do this. And it was everything my mind was telling me I had to, I had to go to this bachelorette party, but my body was like, no, this will not serve you. This is not going to be it. And I thank my higher self. Cause honestly, usually I don't put myself first in that regard. And I did. And because I went to that adult summer camp, I met five of my best friends. I met this girl Cass who introduced me to you, Nadia. And I would not be where I'm at right now without having just put that seed in there and planting this beautiful tree, which all these branches that I've now received, it's wild. And again, it, it was a really difficult choice for me to make. And had I not, I would have gone and just gotten drunk for a weekend with people I went to high school with who never saw me in the first place. And so to really listen to myself and my body in that moment, um, it completely changed my life. Oh, it's incredible. I, just, I love that example. Thank you for sharing <laughs> that with us. Thanks for asking you again, you guys. Mandy, how has your life changed, changed since you found out about human design? Whew, so much confidence. <laughs> I feel like I understand myself so much more. Um, I no longer see the things that I might have viewed as weaknesses to myself as weaknesses anymore. I see them as strengths and I've learned how to work with them as strengths. Um, yeah, it's just confidence. And it's, uh, I think inherently when you get to know yourself at a deeper level, which human design gives us, inherently you are going to become more confident and understand yourself better. And it's just going to vibrate into the world that way. Oh, you literally encapsulated that in such a beautiful and articulate way. And I feel like it all comes back to trust yourself, trust yourself, trust yourself, whether you're a generator or any other energy type, learn to trust your body and yourself. And I want to say that I think that can be so hard to decondition out of ourselves because society has taught us to think about all the different reasons and logical. So it's so hard for some of us to listen to our guts, but I think that is what is so beautiful about human design is giving me that permission no longer to think, oh my gosh, I'm crazy for thinking this. No, no, no. It's in my body and it's a full knowing. It's so beautiful, That's Mandy. Thank you so much for being here, for sharing your personal experience, for sharing your journey. And I think what I love about your story, Mandy, is that it's nowhere near complete. Like, I feel like there's so many new seasons of life. And I love that the, the tree analogy that you just gave of the seed of the adult summer camp and that it was summer camp and that Mandy, when she was really young, loved summer camp and it's all interconnected. Like your gut was like, stay connected to summer camps. They're going to be important. And then the branches are growing, but I just feel like the best is yet to come. Um, I love being your friend because I love seeing the work that you put into the world. And I can't wait to see how you continue to trust yourself and, and shine. Well, thank you so much for having me on here. And Nadia, truly, you have been such a catalyst in this self-growth journey of mine. I would be nowhere where I'm at this year um, without you. So just thank you. And Sam, it's so beautiful to finally get to meet you and talk with you. And I can't wait until we take your photo. You. It's going to be so good. <laughs> Amazing. All right. Thank you all for joining and we'll see you for the next episode.